Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. 7 a.m. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we are doing 2013's Baggage Claim. Yeah. Uh, Written and directed by David E. Talbert, based on his book of the same name. Oh, there's a book. Yes, David E. Talbert. He wrote this book. Should we read the book and find out if it's better? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like there's a good chance it is. He he has written he has written three books: uh, "Love on the Dotted Line," "Baggage Claim," and "Love Don't Live Here No More." Book one of Doggy Tales that he wrote with Snoop Dogg. He has also written several plays. Okay, that one that one is the one that interests me the most: <laughs> the Snoop Dogg collaboration. That's what I'm about. But yeah, this is He's- a this is a singular effort from our man David E. Talbert, also. Writer and director of First Sunday, a movie that I've not seen. Um, nope, me neither. Yeah, it's got like Ice Cube, Cat Williams, Tracy Morgan, um, Almost Christmas, the one with all the sweat. I remember. Oh my gosh, the- yes, I recognize that. I remember poster. the posters, but I have not seen Almost Christmas. That's how you know it's like pretty good marketing that you still have that in your brain, <laughs> even though you didn't see it. <laughs> he um. also directed, but did not write El Camino Christmas, which I mean, is he really into Christmas? I don't know. I don't yeah, understand this. Is it love? Is it Christmas? Is it, yeah, which one is it? Yeah. Um, but this is uh, a really interesting movie yeah. from a man based on a book from a man, the same man. This, yeah. This a, I mean, this is a very busy man. I mean, I'm sure that he works a lot. Um, you know, I appreciate his work ethic. It's a shame that this movie is not good. Yes, that's a really nice way of putting it. And <laughs> it's not, you know, it's by a man, but it do, it's not a bro rom-com no, like some of the ones we've covered. So that's interesting as well. Um, so I give it that. A lot of, lot of sympathy, a lot of empathy for the ladies here. Yeah, definitely. There's some nuance there. So, you know, props props on that. Yes, yes. Um, you know, and the complexities of... A mother-daughter relationships, uh, sister relationships. Yeah, not necessarily like we'll get to that, but right it's there. Okay, so we begin the film with some voiceover, some beautiful cheesy voiceover where it's marriage has always been a big deal to my mother, and and we see a montage of Jennifer Lewis getting married to three men. And at the end of the montage, there's a bouquet um, flying and Paula Patton, our main character, is trying to catch it. And then you hear the voiceover, my relationships have never been clear for takeoff. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, which is just... It's, it's, it's <laughs> such a line. It, it's... <laughs> I don't even know what I mean by that. I okay, so I rewound the opening a bunch of times. Um, one is because I couldn't believe this clear for takeoff line. I really couldn't. But two, because we see Jennifer Lewis marry three men. All of them are black. Um, Paula Patton, <laughs> yes, is very clearly biracial. 
And so is Lauren London. And both characters play Jennifer Lewis's daughter. So my question is, where is who the did, white man? Who does she cheat who with? Who is the white man that We need she that has? messy white dad who to make is a the cameo. White dad? Where's the, the white, white dad? dad? <laughs> and it's just like, I don't know if people, I don't know if the casting was just like, okay, well, Jennifer Lewis is light enough to where she could have two kids who are very clearly half white. But she's actually not. Like, it's very obvious that no. Jennifer Lewis is not as light-skinned as her daughter. Like yeah, like not. obviously, yeah, like, like and very specifically with Paula Patton, she has a lot of like white woman features, and I can't figure out a better way to say that. I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, I mean that's true. I noticed it too. I was like, huh? Okay, she is like very much like she remind like she reminded me so much of a white woman in this movie. Like it just it just her entire performance like her mannerisms like how she dressed her interactions with men yeah felt, i mean they they just felt, felt reminiscent like, of a lot of the movies we've covered most of which yeah, are white it women. felt like she had been not yeah. just like studying white women but studying white women in rom-coms yeah like it, <laughs> there was no like yeah it, it didn't it just she she felt very like nice white woman like like who's always been pretty like kind of right and yeah not, and i don't mean that in a like like that's like she's bad but like just this there was a lightness to the way that she behaved that made it seem like she hadn't been through shit yeah it just seems and, like nothing had ever happened and it made it weird too because like if your mother is jennifer lewis it just makes me feel like there's gonna be a little bit more going on like a little bit of flavor like at least like with lauren london it's like okay yeah <laughs> i believe that like lauren london could be jennifer lewis's daughter although i'm still wondering where that white man is where the white man at? um right yeah but, but like the, but as a mother daughter they make more sense than they paula do. patton and jennifer and lewis. even their like just their screen chemistry i feel like makes more sense oh yeah definitely yeah like like just uh not even like in the sense of getting along, but just feeling like, yeah, okay, family, they make sense. Right. But yeah. With Paula Patton, it's very like, my mom doesn't understand me, which I mean, so that is part of the point, yeah, but I'm it just also not... just doesn't feel convincing. No, I don't, uh, nothing really that Paula Patton does in this movie. Oh, and her character's name is Montana Moore. <laughs> Why, like Montana? Like why? I was so mad about that name. <laughs> Mon yes. I wouldn't Mon want that for any, like, yeah, it just doesn't. Montana Moore and like her sister's name is Cherie and I'm just like or Cherie it's either way it still sounds blacker yeah Montana like, sound, I mean it's <laughs> fucking Montana like like, like I am thinking of Miley Cyrus you know like I just don't know I just I I <laughs> I feel weird. And this is why I kind of wanted our friend princess to do this episode because I wanted to have like a conversation about this weird thing. And it's like, it's not that I don't trust you, but you are a white woman. Right. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it is, it's different <laughs> talking to me about it. Of course. Uh, yeah. And it was just, but like a uh, princess couldn't come. She will be on a future episode though. She's very, very wonderful. You'll love her. Um, but yeah, it's just very weird. And so much of this movie couldn't, I couldn't figure out if she was cast for her, like, yeah. for being, like, kind of, like, 
white adjacent or if she was because she doesn't like okay so there's a scene later where she makes a joke about like tiger woods yes um yes oh my gosh that that comes out at the so dinner with weird the white out of her mouth like it feels racist it, even though she's black yeah it feels so weird okay like, so the <laughs> i was like i was like this is really weird because like and and what she said i mean yeah but like it yeah it felt racist it was like she was trying out. Like, she was trying yeah, it out. Just, like she was like working out. Like her, like her accent changed a little bit. Like she was like sliding in to like yeah. jive or something. And I was just like, I don't know. And like I just need to know who she is in real life because the all the things that I know about Paula Patton just confuse me more. Like apparently she's been dating. She dated Robin Thicke. Like she's she divorced Robin Thicke after he cheated and then made that whole album about her and blah blah blah. But she'd actually been dating him on and off since she was like 14 years old and man robin thick sucks he does like that like that's the white dude you're gonna go for like yeah. really like, like that's I don't a know. lot of like Ugh. cuter better musicians that yeah. like she spent like half her life with like, that dude like that's gotta affect you i mean that's a lot of time to be with robin thick i can't even I mean, do maybe three minutes some of the corny just kind of rubbed off yeah like, i just don't know I feel bad because it's not like she's, of course, like, I don't have anything against her or anything. It's just that, like, this movie uh, it, it is... Was, it was hard to emotionally connect with her. It was very hard to connect with her. I felt connected to really everyone but her. Yes. Um, And it was even weirder, too, because, okay, so she's got two best friends. One is played by Jill Scott, who is the best character in the movie. I wanted to just watch her movie. Oh, my God. I was I like, just she's so much more interesting. Like, the moment Jill- where she's, like, hooking up and there's, like, this muscle guy, like, laying out, like, massaging her. <laughs> I was like, why are we not just watching her live her best J- life? Jill Scott getting getting fucked, getting laid, like, getting that... Di- like, that's those are the best parts of the movie, Jill Scott, oh my god. Yeah, no, she was I great. I just want to see a movie with just like her getting laid. And you know what? Just to, just to continue with this, Jill Scott's wonderful. If you watch the first season of Black Lightning, she is amazing and wonderful in it. Jill Scott honestly deserves so much better from all of us. She's so great. She don't, does. Don't ever let her end up at like, why did I get married three or something? Please give her something no, else no. to do. No, exactly. Because watching her suffer in the first two was the first two had it. Uh, why did I get married was just enough. Like, it's just not. Yeah. Like, anyway, like she's wonderful. Justice for Jill. Yes. Justice for Jill Scott, who is yes. the best part of this movie. <laughs> she is. I like, I, like at the end of the movie that my biggest, takeaway was i wish the movie was about jill scott oh my god (laughs) yeah like i was like she's i'm so much i feel so much more connected to her and i feel like there's so much more richness in her personality like her characters oh my god yes yes because because okay so we're introduced to montana and um then we're introduced to her friends her and jill scott and adam brody playing her sassy gay white friend um (laughs) He was fun. Because <laughs> I, I was just... I was I, like, wow, okay. They're like, he's, <laughs> like, they're really hammering it in. But he really... <laughs> like, you know, like, it was like one of those characters where every other sentence was about, like, him getting dick. But I also was fine with it. He was very... He very much committed to this role. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did. Um, 
And like somebody tried. Okay, so somebody tries to give her like a dessert or something, and she says that she's watching her figure. And then I screamed. Oh yeah, no, I screamed. Paula Patton is watching her figure. Like what? What what? is there to watch? What are you watching? Like like, (laughs) what is there to watch? I just were tiny. (laughs) Like please. Like, I know, I know this is problematic in itself, but I'm like, just please eat. Like, you know, I just, girl, just, I mean, dessert. I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know. Um, And so they're all flight attendants. Um, Almost made out with the mic there. Ooh, got a little too close. Ooh, Uh, Jordan. (laughs) Oh, getting a little excited (laughs) with the mic. Um, But they're flight attendants. And then, so you get that introduction and then you get more voiceover and it's, you're not a lady until you're married before you're 30 or on your 30th birthday. And you're not a woman until you have kids. And when she said that, I thought, well, this is stupid. But I also thought, why isn't she just speaking directly into the camera? If she's going to be saying some shit, this dumb. Like, yeah. Well like they were like, we don't know camera. how to show this. So we're just going to say it. Like just, that is something that I feel like in a read through people would be like, you don't need these lines. Like, it's just, I, I mean, know. I'm sure that it was just like book stuff. And I, I mean, uh, because it was directed and written by the guy who wrote the book, I'm sure that he just was just like, well, everything's golden. Everything's going yeah, like it, it like <laughs> the problem is I can't fit it all. Like I can't do an eight hour movie like. And then uh, there's a weird transition to how we meet Jill Scott, where she says, if you're not a woman, you're like my best friend, Gail. Do you- she said that's how she introduces gail oh my god i did not catch that that's so brutal that's so mean because i guess what does that mean it's just she's just like too much of like a slut like she's not a lady yeah well she does slut shame gail a few times like she does they definitely have this weird dynamic where it's kind of the paula Patton's character like montana is like i don't know I think I I really do feel like it's just because she's like really thin and like, like there's this dynamic of like, well, you know, we all know that she's like, you know, pretty and successful and she's this catch. And then like, and then Gail's just like the funny best friend. But I'm like, why? (laughs) Like Gail's way better. Not that we need to compete. Yeah, it's like, very but, like, weird. I, was, I, but it's I, like, I did feel like there was this insinuation that Gail got a lot of dick because she was like just like a loose woman, and that like Paula Patton was a quality woman, and that she was like somehow being deprived of the good yeah, dick. Yeah, like she she was a quality woman also because she doesn't want casual sex, and she's like, I want a husband, right. and which is like, okay, this was written by a man, right, <laughs> like, right, right, right. This right. is ridiculous. Um. Yeah, it's very (laughs) and it's just really strange because like, um, I mean, like Jill Scott is super fucking hot. Yeah, she is. (laughs) And like her, like she also and she's like, I I feel like I sound like I'm shitting on Paula Patton and I'm not. It's not personal. It's just in this movie, like Jill Scott feels like someone who is she's like sexy and she she. Like, you would go on a date with her and, like, you'd have sex. Like, Paula Patton's character feels like she's never... Like, she seems, like, uncomfortable. Yeah, she doesn't seem... Okay, and yeah, okay, so... um, you know, at the beginning of the, uh, before we started recording, I was wondering, is Paula Patton a bad actress? Um, Because I was, I was wondering that through the entire movie. And I've seen her in other things... And I've never seen her this uncomfortable before. And so to be fair to her, what I'm going to say is, is that she 
is not comfortable doing comedy and should not do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Like, comedy is just not her thing. No. I, uh, I completely agree. Yeah, because it didn't her Like, I think her character was the least interesting, um, like, in, in the script, um, which happens a lot with these rom-coms actually uh where they're like this is the good woman and then she's like the most boring character yeah um, but also i agree with you that she just seemed uncomfortable in her performance of it like the the wacky parts yeah she just like didn't seem to she didn't know what to do she didn't know what to do with her body she was kind of just like because i mean i think also like so much of comedy is physical Yes. And I don't really know if she knew what to do with the physical. Like when we meet um Jill Scott, what she's doing, she <laughs> she's she's um talking to a passenger and she's just like, Would you like some warm nuts? <laughs> and then 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 she spills them and she and then she's just like got your got your nuts all messy which is amazing oh yeah absolutely one of the best like, introductions of a character ever but like but her body like she's like leaning in her chest is out she's, yeah she's she's like she's confident she's sexy she's selling it like i couldn't imagine paula Patton doing that scene like i don't know if she could have done that scene. no i don't think so either and i think yeah, yeah, I, I, I just don't, it just doesn't seem like her thing. And it also feels like the, the reasons that she gets cast are kind of diametrically opposed to the reasons a comedic actress gets, gets cast, you know? Right. Like her, her specific charm is not, not really loose. Yeah. You know, it's like nice and polished. Right, exactly. She is so polished. She's, she's so polished. Very polished. That like even in scenes where she's like getting out of bed, I still feel like she's too put together. Yeah, I was like on an Amtrak, <laughs> like, you know, I had like messy bangs and like I was just like I was like, she's getting out of bed. She looks like freshly contoured and like someone just sprayed like setting spray on her. Yeah. And I realized yes, it's a movie, but it was like a level beyond other movies. Also, it just did you feel like the dynamic between her and Adam Brody was kind of like it was kind of like it, it, the only thing between them being together like not being together is the fact that he was into dick like i just felt like he yeah he seemed <laughs> like a, like he was it was funny because like with when the three of them would hang out i felt like it was obvious that like that adam brody's character and jill scott actually probably hung out more like they seemed like they hung out more um and maybe even had a more developed friendship and this is probably just because of the scenes that were shown um but um with with uh paula Patton and adam brody like he seemed like infatuated like like if you're close friends right. with someone you're usually not infatuated like even yeah, if you're like obsessed with them and you think they're so great. obsessed like with he was her. just like, like like he, he got to be friends point, with the popular girl in school yeah exactly whereas like jill scott doesn't act that way towards paula Patton. it's way more like you know you're my friend we've been friends for a while and she even kind of calls her out on stuff like but like adam's like at one point i can't remember the precise line but he basically says you are like 
the most deserving person of like finding love. Oh yeah, he says like, that. Ew. And also, like, you're saying that in front of your other friend who like is very happy in her life, but it's just weird. Well, it's just like <laughs> he's like always shitting on her. It's like, oh, you don't have a college degree, and it's like, okay, but like Paula Patton has an MBA and she's a flight yeah, attendant. Yeah, like you all have the same job, so in some like, ways, the person with the least education is killing it the most. Right, exactly. Like, <laughs> it's like, like Jill Scott she wor- just must have worked really hard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. <laughs> But yeah, he like gives us, he's like, my grandmother gave me this and I think it will help you find true love. It like, and this also, is like, they t- it's funny. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Also like Adam Brody's lines are funny because I feel like him and Jill Scott are like very convincing a lot of the time. Like they're like jokes, you know, and like they're adults, but then whenever he says some shit about love, it's like a fucking 12 year old. Oh, like no, he's yeah, like, I don't, oh, I for do the not- passion of true love. And I'm like, what happened? I don't believe for a second that Adam Brody believes in love at all in this movie. And this Mm-mm. is a guy who is like married to Leighton Meester and he better treat her right or I will find him. Well, on we'll go, we'll go get him. I will get him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so protective of that white girl. <laughs> <laughs> I want Leighton Meester to have a great life. Um, <laughs> but like, if you're listening late and we got you, we love you, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like, okay. So, so Montana Moore has a boyfriend played by Boris Kojo and can Bo- we take a minute to, like <laughs> <laughs> Boris Kojo <laughs> I know that like played by Boris Kojo I realize that's not his name in the movie but like Boris Kojo and Montana Moore <laughs> <laughs> okay also re- I just looked at Boris Kojo's real name like unless this is like a Wikipedia playing a trick on me Boris Kojo's real name is Boris Frederick Cecil Tay Nate O Fuete Kojo. Where the hell is his moat full of alligators? Is my question. Uh, That's incredible. Oh, okay. Okay. So he's part German and part Ghanaian. Cause so I guess it's like two. Okay. Two, I get it. Two long name. Two long two named, long name lineage. Two long named cultures there. I, I I, that that would be a rap name. Two long name. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> so she's so she's going. So she's going, and um, Adam Brody gives her the weird true love thing, and then Jill Scott gives her the good gift, which is cranberry flavored condoms for Thanksgiving, and like amazing. And then everybody stares at her, and I'm just like, she just gave you the best fucking gift. What yeah, the fuck? that's amazing. Like what? I've like, never had cranberry flavored. Like that's I great. saw that, and I was like, oh my gosh, I want. Some. I want to. I want to do that. Yeah. Like, what? Oh yeah. So she. <laughs> So she's getting ready to go, and also she finds out that um, Lauren London, her little sister, is getting married, and she's like, I can't go to my little sister's wedding single. It's just, it's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is stupid. Um, Yeah. It's, it's, It's like, and it's, again, it's like, a dynamic that I feel like happens in a lot of the rom-coms we cover where it's like, I cannot go to a wedding single it's just of like, like it's a just close a friend. It's a wedding. No one really cares. No just one bring, cares. Just drink. Bring Jill Scott or Adam Brody and oh like get God. drunk. Please bring Jill Scott so she can get laid. Yeah, but she'll get laid been. and you can like feel sorry for yourself while everyone tells you how pretty you are. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's, it'll be so sad. Um, <sighs> <laughs> so she goes and she has a beautiful, almost like... N- 
2000s R&B video kind of night with him. Yes. Where everything it like, is down when he takes his shirt. Remember, like, there was, like, I feel like three cuts when he took his shirt off. Oh, it yeah. Was just like, duh, duh, duh. I do appreciate the way this movie objectifies men. <laughs> I do. I was I do. just like, yeah, I mean, if Boris Kojo is going to be here, he might as well take his shirt off. Yeah, yeah. Like, I exactly. Mean, you know, and he seemed fine with it. Yeah, I mean... He should be. Yeah. Um, why, why wouldn't he? <laughs> but yeah, and then uh, there's there, hijinks ensue because he, she's supposed to meet his family. And then all of a sudden he's like, oh, no, you can't meet my family. I have some business to take care of, but I'm going to put you up in this hotel. And it's like she flew all the way out there to hang out in this hotel. And then she calls Jill Scott and she's like, what should I do? And, and it yeah, was like... This- it's like a funny sequence. It would be a funnier sequence if it was like if Paula Patton knew what she was doing. Cause like every single time she picks up the phone to talk to Jill Scott, I'm like, okay, it's about yeah. to get funny again. But like, yeah, just like Jill Scott kind of like coaching her to um to snoop and she's basically yeah, Jill Scott's basically like, Are you fucking kidding? She's like, Come on, this is weird. This is super weird. And and Jill Scott's basically like, if you snoop and you find out that he's telling you the truth, then you know. And if you find out he's not, then you're not wasting your time. And so Paula Patton ends <laughs> up going to his house. Oh my god. Um and like spying on him through the window. And of course she calls Jill Scott while she's spying. <laughs> <laughs> and at first it shows him he's like in his like study and like he's looking over papers and she's like oh see he's telling me the truth he's preparing for his meeting and then of course a woman comes in but not just a woman a pregnant woman who i'm assuming is pregnant with his child um and they of course start kissing and he's like putting his hands all over the belly and then Paula Patton is like, oh, my God, you know, she's on the phone with Jill Scott. And so, yeah, so that's, you know, that's how that's the beginning of the movie is like this catalyst moment. Like, like her mom had all these husbands and marriage is the thing. And she thought she was almost there. And then she loses it to this cheater. Yeah. So sad. And when they have the conversation <laughs> about it, he's like, he, like, I don't know. He just does the classic gaslighting thing. He's like, oh well, I can explain. Like, <laughs> and she's like, no. And then, yeah. And then she, you know, she comes back and she's all sad and she's worried about this wedding, and they're all they're all drinking together, and then. <laughs> Adam Scott, Adam Scott. I mean, I <laughs> that wish would Adam be a really funny. Oh, that would have been great. Adam Scott showed up. Um, Adam Brody like takes her phone and starts looking at all the numbers of her exes, and she's just like, "What are you doing?" And he's just like, "You know, we should just call. We should just figure out where all of them are." And so, so unfolds the plot of the film, which is too so elaborate. It's so elaborate. Okay, so. Everyone's flying home for the holidays around holiday time. And so so they're going to use all of their connections with like all the people that they know at the airport and and all the documents that they have a hold of to figure out what flights are going to be on so that Paula Patton can be on all of them so that she can run into all of her exes and see if they've changed. 
and see if any of them. This is truly like this is actually a horror movie plot. Like see what? if any of them are like good enough, like for like marriage material, so that she can take them to her sister's wedding. Yeah, and and. And so, Jill Scott is the only person that's just like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Yeah, she's like, this is like illegal. Like, this is illegal. This is like spreading their confidential information. Like, we could go to jail. She actually says that. And and Adam Brody's like, no, 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 it's brilliant. And like, we won't get caught. No, and Paula Patton's kind of like, well, yeah, I guess. And I'm just like screaming inside my head. I'm like, who the fuck? Like, even if you're on good terms. Okay, so first of all. How does she have the same phone and all of their phone numbers? And like, as somebody who is always going through phones, I'm like, how the hell do you have all their phone numbers still? Um, and I realize, yeah, because like, you know, Adam Brody's scrolling through so he can remember. And I'm like, how does she, why, why does she have all of their numbers still? And then second of all, who in their right mind thinks this is a good idea? Like, oh, like maybe there's one ex you, you're like, eh, you know, like they were cool. Maybe, maybe there's something there. But all of them, you're going to go check all of them. That's so messy. Yeah, it, it's it's re- it's a really bad. It's really bad and unethical and like desperate and weird. And it's also weird that like a man would just like see an ex and immediately be like, "I want to take you out." It's so interesting yes. that that happens every single time. I mean, I don't know. Maybe if I was skinny and tall, it would happen. I don't know, but it just seems strange to it's, me. No, it seems strange to me too, <laughs> because all of her exes are also like they're all babes. Everyone's a babe everyone seems like they're doing pretty well like it's not like anybody's like oh my gosh you're the only one i've been with you know so it seems weird that they have this obsession with rekindling it with her yeah it's just and i guess the idea is is that she's supposed to be so alluring that they just that they just have to take her out which i don't which like she is like gorgeous but also like that's this goes back to not feeling connected to her in this movie. You know, there's nothing else that I feel connected to. Like, you know, like, it's like, yeah, she's beautiful, but like, what else? Like, that's kind of my feeling. Yeah. Although to be fair, a lot of the guys are kind of duds too. Yeah. It's it's (laughs) weird. Like they're very like aesthetically pleasing, but like, like all of them are boring. Yeah. They're all boring. They're all boring. That's really it. That's like, yeah. 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 Oh, oh, so I think it's about time that we talk about the other thing about this movie. So across the hall in her apartment building. Oh, yes. Derek Luke, Antoine Fisher himself, or as the youngins know him as the really bad guidance counselor on 13 Reasons Why. Really the worst guidance counselor to ever exist. Wow. (laughs) His character on 13 Reasons Why is one of the worst educators I've like ever a, seen like on a, a horrible show. representation of an educator. So bad. The worst. And I also, but like, I don't want to be too mean to Derek Luke because I feel I can see it in his face that he does not want to be there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And the way that he delivers his lines, oh my God, we need to watch 13 Reasons. Oh my, that would be like a torture session for us to watch 13 Reasons Why together. Oh, you know that some people. Yeah, that. We get a lot of weird requests. I've gotten a weird request for us to talk about 13 Reasons Why on the podcast, and I can't imagine why. <laughs> yeah, 13 Reasons Why is so different than what our our genre is. Like, there is romance in it, but it's also is one of... Is there comedy in it? No. Yeah. It is one of the most depressing things that I've ever watched, and Derek Luke looks ab- 
absolutely miserable. I just want to like cradle him in my in, into my bosom and just be like, there there, there has to be other like, it's roles. It's okay, baby. honey. Like you're you're gonna you're gonna <laughs> you're, do something you like. You're gonna do it because he's such a cutie. I've had a crush on him my entire life. I love him. Yeah, he's um, a total cutie. He's a cutie in this movie. Even he though is. it's like a he's like the only dynamic. guy in this movie that I would fuck. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> like immediately, I'm like, oh him. Like, like duh. Like Dijma Hansu, which I don't know if that's how you say his name. He's fine as well, but there's not enough of him. Dijma Hansu basically plays like the black Mr. Big in this movie. Yes, yes. <laughs> that's a great way of putting it. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of interesting stuff. But uh, Derek Luke lives across the hall and he lives with Christina Milian. <laughs> which, I mean, goals. Who, who, okay, so uh, the big secret about Christina Milian is that she's a cheater. And I mean, it, it, you can kind of tell because the only scenes where like Paula Patton seems even a little bit comfortable is what she's with Derek Luke. Derek Luke seems to be like the only actor that can get her to seem comfortable. Yeah, it's true. Um, so like, I felt like that was signifying to me that he, that he was probably going to be end game. The problem here is that... Christina Milian is way more comfortable on screen. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I felt, and I found she's myself, more charismatic on screen. Yeah, yeah for I, sure. And I found myself missing her the entire time. Yeah, like you're like, man, your character is supposed to be kind of a a one dimensional like, like there's nothing really about her besides the fact that she's a cheater. You know, like See, she's, like, and Paula, but like Paula, she's Paula. more charismatic. <laughs> like, what if they had switched roles? Yeah, no, totally. Because <laughs> that's kind of like because like Paula Patton has appeared on this po- in a movie on this podcast before, The Perfect Match, where yeah. she plays um, Terrence J's sister, and she's fucking weird there. <laughs> yeah, and that movie was that was that was a trip, but like she was, yeah, she was. In a, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, I haven't really seen her in anything where I was like, ooh. She was well. Like, I was, and I, I don't oh, want to. Yeah. I don't want to be definitive because I know like some oh, of the yeah. scripts have been wrapped. Oh but. well, like we usually talk about the um who the leads are and what they've been in, which like we didn't do because like there was so much other weird stuff to talk about up top. But um, Paula Patton, her, she has been in Hitch, Idlewild. Oh my gosh, I haven't seen Hitch in so long. Deja Vu, Precious. Just right. Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Jumping the broom. Um, something called Two Guns. Uh, about last night, where she plays, I think, like an ex-girlfriend in that. Like she doesn't have a big role in that. Um, the perfect match. Uh Warcraft. Yeah. Um what? <laughs> so what? <laughs> Sorry, oh, what? Um yeah, she plays the female lead in Warcraft. All right. I mean, get your money, girl. Uh yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, so that, like, that, like even that combination of things is uh, of of roles is is weird. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't know what's going on. Um, I want I want good things for her. Like the fact that she had to spend that much time with Robin Thicke feels like an injustice in itself. Yeah, even just, if it was by choice. Needs, maybe she just needs to take an improv class or something. She needs to loosen up. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, because it's just it's so stiff. She's very stiff. Um so <laughs> this movie is so stupid. Anyway, so so her first so the first guy that she runs into is Trey Songs. She Trey Songs, I think, is like playing like a music producer or something, and he seems really fancy and rich and very they go, fancy. He's blown up. They go on a nice date, and then Tia Maori, the one that's not married to the white man, that's <laughs> I love I love how one married a white man and one married a black man so that we can So we can tell them apart now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Gosh, that's funny. Um, yeah, so Tia Maori shows up and it's like it, it's a it's a weird, there's like clearly some tension, and then they they go back to his room and you think, okay, it's about to be on, and then Tia starts like banging on the door. And then we just get this whole like info it's dump. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> it's so <laughs> zero to a hundred. Zero to a hundred. Well, because we find out that Tia is a married woman, and um, she's basically like the sugar mama to Trey Songs. Yeah, and like she owns this apartment, and he has like a key, and like she, you know, cheats on her husband with him, um, and she's obviously jealous. And also, I mean, he brought another woman to her apartment. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Um, so then she's like violent, like she's violently angry and like basically Paula Patton climbs out the window because Trey songs is like, you don't want to be here when she comes inside and she's like banging on the door screaming. And then she comes in and you can just hear them like yelling and fighting and like glasses are breaking and everything, but it's like very cartoonish. It's not like it doesn't feel like a weird domestic violence scene. It's just like a really ridiculous scene. But, but like, even so Paula Patton is just like outside, like just on this fire escape, trying to figure out how she's going to get like, get home. And I'm like, what? I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like, how do we get here? Like, like, how, like this is her first ex that she's run into. Like, how do you follow this? Uh, well, we follow it with, Tay Diggs. Yes. He's uh, following... Who pl- follows us on Twitter? Playing... A- he what? Well, he follows me on Twitter. <laughs> uh, he went through a weird time where he was following a bunch of people back, and I, I jumped in on that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay, so so Tay Diggs... <laughs> Tay- Actually, I gotta see if he's still following me. Um, He plays a black Republican... Who has just like all of these like white men on the wall in his in his house and in his manner really? Oh, it is a manner, and also like a like a like a framed painting of himself too. And then he has a little dog named Juicy, which I didn't realize it was Juicy until near the end. I thought it was Josie for the longest time, and then near the end I was like, oh, the dog's name is it's Juicy. Juicy. It it, and it it made me feel uncomfortable the whole time. I don't understand (laughs) why. I just. I was like, that is an awful name, and I'm I'm cringing. Okay, so they had this meeting with like Ned Beatty and some white woman playing his wife, um, and he's like trying to run for some government office, and and Ned Beatty is so enamored by Paula Patton because I assume because she's light skinned. I don't know. Um, <laughs> shade. <laughs> Um, and then something, something, he says something about fire and then 
And then, and then Tate Diggs is like, oh, she comes from a long line of flame retardant women. <laughs> like, what? A, what? Like, no. And like, what? It, I mean, How it, are it, we here? What uh, is, what are these words? And, and why? And, uh, well, Those I are mean, my feelings. Yeah. I mean, and Paula, like, like gives him a look and like, ask him like, what? What did yeah. you say? And, and it was like, She's whatever. like, did you try to burn my grandma? Like, what does this mean? Um, and then they sit down to have drinks and Ned Beatty orders himself like some whiskey and then orders his wife a Shirley Temple with extra cherries. His grown ass wife. They really did that. His, they really did that. His elder. Give the, this is a postmenopausal woman. Give her some. Give vodka. her a hard drink. Oh give my her gosh. A drink. Like, this is, what and is she this? and nobody talks to her the whole time. It's a very. Oh my god. Like it's it's very like oh you know she's my wife like it's it's a horrible dinner. It had me feeling for this plantation descendant. Like I was just like. <laughs> You're like this this white uh, this Republican Scarlett O'Hara. Give her a drink. Yeah, you're like wow. Why is <laughs> like you know it's bad when that's your feeling. <laughs> give, give her a drink, but don't listen to anything she says about politics. She could, please. She could be like, racist, but like give her a drink at least. Oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> <laughs> but, <'cause, laughs> but then like Tay Diggs like is. Like, does the same thing, orders the exact same thing. And then Paul's like, uh, no, I would want it. I want an actual drink. And yeah. And then Tay Diggs actually like pulls her aside and is just like, you know, the, the, the voters, they want, they want a strong man. They want, they want a strong male leaders. They want me to lead. I'm, and they're I'm literally a on a date after man. they ran into each other on a train. They're not, it's not like they're back in a relationship. This is like him. He invited her to go to this dinner with him. And now he's like. You have to act like my wife. <laughs> like, what the hell, dude? It was, yeah, it's such a weird thing. Like, that, that that's his thing. And, like, <laughs> then they sit back down. Oh she, like, agrees to, like, I guess be demure for him. And then they sit back down. And Ned Beatty starts talking about, like, you know, a win for you would be really good for your people. And because Tay Diggs is supposed to be the ashiest man on <laughs> earth, um... <laughs> He's just like, what people? My constituents? Um, I'm oh from this state. Like the the people in the community. What people? And to the point where Ned Beatty has to be like, black people. Black people. <laughs> and it's and like it's worse. It's, it's weird too because like the thing is, is that like Ned Beatty isn't actually racist in this conversation. No, he's actually like. Just, not like he's just, just saying, saying regular like, white guy shit yeah and then and then and then tay Dix keeps doing the like whole like i don't see color like i don't see how that's relevant and and then ned's just like well i mean you are black like so people are gonna notice that and yeah. they're gonna like which is like it's just true it's Especially just true in politics it's like and and then <laughs> And then, and then how does Tiger Woods come up? Okay, so it's just like, you know, you know, like your people, like, and he's just, I think Ned Beatty starts like naming black people. Which, like, wow. Because, <laughs> well, it's like a frustrating conversation. It and is. I'm sure that, and I'm sure I that, was weirded out that I was on Ned's side. Well, because I'm sure that he doesn't want to say anything inappropriate in that interaction. Like, right. Like, he doesn't want to be offensive so he's just like <laughs> trying to like walk through the conversation like very slowly and then like tiger woods comes up um 
And Tay Diggs goes, well, I don't really think Tiger Woods, like, he's not really black until he does something, like, that seems like he's connected to black people. And everybody's just like, what? So he has, like, a passion for the African-American experience. Like, oh, my God. Tay Diggs' character keeps on saying African-American. though. <laughs> like, Ned's like, he's black, though. Yeah, yeah, he does say African-American, which is, like, whoa. Uh, he's supposed to be the ashiest man alive. Like, it's so weird. Um, and so then... Um, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Paul Patton gets this ridiculous line where she says, Well, you know, I think Tiger Woods is black because he drives an Escalade and has a daddy named Earl. And like, it's such a weird. It's such a weird It's so moment. weird coming oh from my her. Gosh. It's so weird. Like, it's like the, that's the first time she's ever said the name Earl before or like the word Escalade before. Yeah, she, this is a Los Angeles. Like, she is from Los Angeles and she seems like someone from Los Angeles. This is a person who has never been to the south like i just don't <laughs> yeah no she it was so <laughs> uncomfortable like before we like like it was so uncomfortable that i was like is she somehow racist even though she's black <laughs> like how like this is I so uncomfortable under, yeah i just yeah. don't understand what she was doing that's such a weird like i just that line that like line does she think about like, that line and if somebody else said that line like oh my God. it could feel different and like be like a funny moment but with her it was just like Ugh. oh my god yeah like you know <laughs> i don't know like nobody really I, I you can tell like sometimes when there's not really anyone around to like teach you how to like talk like i learned how to talk from my mom Paula Patton's mother is white, so she learned how to talk from her mother. You learn how to talk from your mother a yeah. lot of the time. Yeah. So it's like she learned how to talk from her mother, which is perfectly fine. It's just like it's really obvious. In this moment, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> um, so yeah, that was weird. Um, and so there's just more stuff with this dog where he's just like yelling at like juicy. Oh yeah. They go back to his they, place and he's like juicy knows how to obey. He literally compares her to his dog when they were talking about the idea of men leading and she kind of pushes back against it. And he's like, well, my dog knows when to listen. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, cause like, cause the thing is, is that she is so amusing to Ned Beatty that he like trip, he like doubles his donation or whatever. So it's a good dinner, but Tay Diggs is mad that he wasn't responsible for doubling the donation. So he just gets all like frustrated and starts like directing his anger at his dog who is not well-trained. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's it's just, and then she ends up leaving, which of course, because like who wouldn't? Um, and then, yeah, she gets she gets stranded. Um, yeah, yeah, because she needs to leave and she doesn't really know where to go, and so she basically calls Derek Luke in the middle of the night, and Derek Luke is such like a nice friend. He, he like really drives is. like a really adorable little truck, and he's just like he just like gets up to like. Uh, save like to save her and then yeah he's <laughs> always saving her he's so nice and then he like so then we get an entire dream sequence that I don't understand why it's a dream sequence because it's so average 
You know what I mean? Oh, the dreams. Oh, yeah. The dream sequences, like, it feels real. Like, I mean, like, the choreographed dance is the only part. Yeah. So, like, he comes to pick her up, and then it goes to this dream sequence. And in the dream sequence, they go back to his place. And Christina Milian is, like, out out of town, like, seeing her grandma, who's supposedly sick. And they, like, look through the yearbook and, like, have, like, a very reminiscent time. They have a very cute flirtation, like, oh, my God. And it's obvious that he's, like, been into her a long time and she's, like, in denial. And, you know, it's one of those kind of classic. Yeah. um, And there's, like, cute flirting where it's, like, you know, (laughs) your booty's got a heartbeat. There's something about a booty having a heartbeat. He literally has a stethoscope (laughs) and he puts it on her butt. It's horrible. (laughs) It's so cute. I love the oh. booty, the stethoscope on her butt. You liked that? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I loved it. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Did you? And know? then they do. Yeah, they do a choreographed dance to, <laughs> to new edition. It's so good. They That's like. Um, yeah, no, it's great. Um, uh, did you notice the weird metaphorical thing that's been going on with um, him and Christina Milian's apartment where Paula Patton's constantly being like, when is this apartment ever going to be finished? You're always making redesigns. And like, you could tell that that was supposed to be, it was probably more like underlined in the book that it's a metaphor for the fact that their relationship wasn't working because they're apart because they yeah their never... apartment is a reflection of their <laughs> unstable relationship yep, but yep. it doesn't really quite come through in the movie yeah it's just like she's just constantly talking shit she's about just their like apartment weirdly, like invested in like their renovation like yeah <laughs> and so they do all this and right when they're about to kiss she wakes up on his shoulder and she's still in the car and she realizes oh no she never did go to his place, but she just like dreamed it and she realizes that she's in love with him and she And then yeah, and he's he's just like, uh, hey, like wake up and he like gives her he like teases her and yeah, he's just really cute and good and it's like so obvious when you're first introduced to him that he's gonna be the one she's gonna end up with. Because he's such a sweetheart. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that happens and she realizes that that's the one that she wants, but she can't have him. So she just goes on a bunch of dates and then you realize, um, did you also wonder why Lala Anthony is in this movie? Yeah. Cause she's just, cause I kept on waiting for her to do something. It's like, no, she's just playing a role that like any anybody could play anyone could play it just happens to be lala and she's just she's there and she's yeah. just so happy to be there she, too it does seem like something where like she's like oh i'll be in that movie yeah I'm like cool just like i'm just like oh, lala just wants to be in the movies yeah just let her be in the movies uh yeah it was and she was like she wasn't like stiff or anything i kind of wish i had seen more of her yeah she was i mean it's also like Again, it goes back to like everybody felt more comfortable than than Paula did. Yeah, and but also to be fair, like also all of the male leads across from her, except for Derek Luke. Yeah, they were they were very. 
I mean, but also, like, how was Tay Diggs supposed to really get into that role? <laughs> like, right. You know? Um. Yeah, and so, like, we get to the part where it's just like, oh, she's just, like, desperate. Like, everybody yes. treats her like she's, like, desperate. And people ask her, like, people ask her questions, like, does the husband have to be a man? And, like, all this stuff. And I'm just like, it should really not be this hard for her yeah, to find someone. No. Like, this is kind of ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Um. Like, and then... They run into Christina Milian on the on the plane with another man. And they yes. <laughs> and and like this is when Christina Milian's supposed to be like supposedly still visiting her sick grandma. So like Paula Patton's like, Oh, how's your grandma? And Christina's like, Oh, she's better. And then and then she like uh Christina comes up to Paula later, like um, like in the kind of flight attendant area and she's just like hey I know this looks bad but like Derek Luke and I broke up so but just like don't tell him about this guy because you know it's quick and breakups are hard and Paula Patton's like not fully buying it but she's like okay <laughs> and then and then of course you know as these things go right when everything seems to have gone to shit she meets a dream man which is um Dijma Hansu, which is the best really that I can do with his name. Um, it sounds good. Yeah. So he's basically the black Mr. Big. Like he's just got he's all rich. of this money, connections. He's tall. He's handsome. He's clean shaven for the first time I've ever seen him in a movie clean shaven. He's I was wearing just like, like a nice suit. He's like, he takes her to the top of a hotel that he owns. So he's basically like everything aesthetically that she wants. But he can't give her marriage. He's exactly. not into marriage. He invites her. He invites her. Like after they've hung out like a day, he's like, do you want to, I'm going to take a year to travel the world. Do you want to come with me? Like I'll pay for you. And it would be really fun and romantic and adventurous. And she's like, that sounds amazing, but I'm looking for a husband. And he's like, I've been married before and I just can't do that again. And then she turns down traveling for free around the world because he doesn't want to marry her right then. I'm like, girl, uh, go on the trip and then... I can't stand I can't stand I, I can't stand, I, I can't I stand can't. her. Yeah. I really can't. <laughs> I, yeah, I was so mad at her. Uh, <laughs> I was so mad. And then she just goes to this wedding and then you figure out the Lauren London's marrying Terrence J from The Perfect Match. It's well, Terrence we got a little, again. Got a little call. Yeah. We got some consistency in this romantic universe um and she does that annoying like i'm going to get in front of everyone and embarrass myself speech and she's not good at it because as we said she's not a great comedic actress so it's weird and then yeah, it's really uncomfortable and then t dig shows up and he tries to like <laughs> He yeah, pro- he proposes to her in which front gives- of everyone at her sister's wedding. What a piece of shit! Uh, <laughs> uh, it's it- it's so messy, and he he goes, "Oh, you know, I've been thinking, and I realize women can lead." Oh, like, my oh God. wow, how romantic! Wow, like, let me throw so, my life at it's you. So wonderful, and then she says the only thing that. The only line that Paul Patton says in this whole movie that's funny is when she says, I don't trust black Republicans. Yeah, no. <laughs> and and sh- you can tell that she means it. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. No, 100% yeah, she they, means like, it. Like, it comes through. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah, so she says no. And then, of course, her mom freaks out and is like, and doesn't even know. She doesn't even know Tay Diggs. But her mom's just like, why are you saying no? Like, you know, you're desperate and old and you need to be married, essentially. Um 
And then and then Paula Patton continues on her speech where she's just like, I don't need to get married and no one should feel pressured and everyone should just do what they want. And then she's like talking to her sister and she's basically just like, you're so young. You don't have to get married yet. You can wait. Don't feel pressured. And like there's definitely big subtext. Don't let mom pressure you. Um, oh, yeah. It's a very like fuck you, mom, at the end there. So fuck you, mom. And then her sister's like, you know what? Yeah, let's just wait till graduation. And they, like, cancel the wedding. Like, what? Yeah, like, they just look at each other and they're just like, oh, yeah, we were just gonna do that because of your mom. Yeah, and And then they're like, like, yeah, we could wait a few years because, like, they're only, like, 20. They're babies, you know? (sighs) Yeah, and so then, you know, she... Ends up with Derek Luke, and there's the whole thing with a Cracker Jack box. Oh, yeah. There's, like, a Cracker cracker Jack box that he sends because she likes those, but it doesn't have the snacks in them. And it's, like, a ticket to France because apparently when he talked to her about taking Christina Milian somewhere for their anniversary... Um, Paula Patton was like, no, you should take her to France. That's where I'd go. So he gets her a ticket to France and is basically like, like, meet me there if you're if you want to try this. And there's a whole airport shenanigan thing because, of course, and Mm -hmm. because, you know, she works for an airline. Mm -hmm. So she gets the ticket and she's like trying to get there on time. And she's like calling the airlines and she's like stall him and everything. Um, And then she, like, arrives, and he's, like, surprised to see her. And she's, like, why are you surprised to see me? And he's just, like, oh, well, I, I, like, left at the wedding. Like, I saw you were getting engaged. And she's, like, oh, no, I said no. And he's, like, oh, well, I, like, I sent the box before the wedding. She's, like, no, I'm not engaged, and my sister's not even getting married. And, like, I'm just, like, oh, my gosh, this is so much. (laughs) Oh, my God. And, yeah, they end up together. Yep. So... Yep. Um, I mean, it's just... This was a movie. It was a movie that exists, you know? That is how I feel. Yeah. I do. I just want more Jill Scott. I think that it's telling that that the movie really ends on a gag of of Adam Brody and Jill Scott fighting over the same man. Yeah, like, that's, like, that, that's a strong (laughs) ending. (laughs) Like, I'm like, okay. It couldn't have ended on the romance, Yeah, they're like, they were like, we know that this isn't strong enough, so let's bring the side characters who are actually, like, the most interesting part of the movie. I feel, I feel like like this is a problem that I encounter a lot with, with black rom-coms where... People are cast for being, and I guess you could say that for white rom-coms too, but I guess for black rom-coms, there are so few of them, so I guess it gets more frustrating. People get cast for being beautiful, but not for being funny. And it's really annoying because it'll just be someone who is like in a music video or used to host 106 in Park or is a model or a singer or something like that. And I'm just like, I don't understand why we have to keep putting, I don't know. Yeah. Fucking like, I don't know. No. Why do, why we have to keep doing this when there are actors that know how to act that are just waiting to be cast in things. Yes. Like, it's so strange. And they to would me. be like really funny and they would like fill, they would like commit the hell to the script. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't, 
it, it just it's very weird like there's nothing about paula Patton that made me think comedy and it's like there are comedians that are in the movie there's tavis smiley is there like there's um god who's the other one the kind of annoying one I don't know. There are comedians. There's, okay, there's comedians. Yeah, there, and there are comedians in there. So many Jill Scott talented is, people that don't get to be in movies, or, like, or that have like experience, but they don't get to play a lead. So, yeah, because it's like, yeah, because it's like there are some people that are just really just cast for being pretty. Like with Jill Scott, like she was a singer. And I mean, she still is a singer, but you can tell that she keeps getting cast because she is good at acting. Yeah, she's good at acting. She's like she's been doing totally it for sense. a while. Yeah, but like I just don't understand this whole. It reminds me of like this is this is a weird way to comp- This is a weird thing to compare to because I don't necessarily agree with this. But there's a part in a James Baldwin book that I read where he was like complaining about how like in the seventies, instead of um, thespians, they started they started putting stars into movies like Diana Ross and stuff like that. And he was just like, whatever happened to the whatever happened to the black thespians? We're just putting football players and singers into things. And it was like it was like very snooty, but like but it like true. has a point. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> yeah. No. And it, I mean, it is like because when you think about like Broadway or or the stage like it's people who are trained actors you know and but but with movies and television there is this whole culture of just letting other people dabble like it's just like why um, did we need trey songs here why do we why does terrence J keep on popping up and he's not good he's not good it's yeah. just terrence J just hosted 106 in park for a little bit yeah that's not enough like it's, yeah it's like oh well he's already familiar i think that's so much of it's that it's like the fear of risking on someone who's not already familiar to everyone where it's just like Adam Brody. Most black people don't know who he is, but you know what they can, they know that he can do. He can act. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so totally. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And like, once again, like I, Paula, like I know you had a bad Robin Thicke album named after you. You were like embarrassed, like all of that stuff. You know, I wish you the best. I mean, I'm sure that you're rich, so I'm sure that you're fine. Sorry about Warcraft. I didn't watch it, but I'm sorry. Um, but like, I just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> no, it, exactly. It's so frustrating. Well, it's, it's frustrating with this movie because, like we've said, like there are people who are good in it who just don't get enough screen time. You know, this movie and just there's made- funny. There's people who prove that this movie could be funny, but they were not in the center of it. Yeah, I just want a rom-com starring Jill comi- Scott. Yeah, like, let's give us the Jill Scott rom-com. Yes! Yeah. Uh, I mean, anyway, at least there's only one white person in this one. <laughs> yeah, like, that is a nice... <laughs> <laughs> it is a nice change of pace. This is like a an, little sl- a switcheroo. It's just like a nice upside. <laughs> yeah. uh, this shit is... This shit is I don't know, man. I don't know what's it's up. With men are men are frustrating. I just yeah, that just him writing this based on his book, and it's based on a book that he wrote in two thousand three. Yeah, he wrote the book in two thousand three. He made this movie in two thousand thirteen. It really, it really and it feels r- like this is like a um, men, and I know not all men, but like according to this book, 
men want this goes back to the like they want like a nice polished pretty blank slate like that's what it feels like yeah um to you know I don't know, commit to forever and not, not somebody, you know, who knows what she wants, <laughs> like, like Jill Scott, you know, um, it's like, yeah. it's very, it's, it's very like kind of Christian good girl vibe. Um, where is, exhausting is, where and is, is the skinny girl with the bone straight hair going to find a man? Yeah. <laughs> where? They never find them. Where? <laughs> where are all men? Oh man, it, it is the great mystery. Can't I, wait you for know, us to uncover the mystery. That, things I will write in my live journal. <laughs> questions to ponder, <laughs> questions to revive. <laughs> What am I saying? Oh my god! <laughs> so, I mean, like, don't watch it. But yeah. If you want to, but you know what? If you decide to watch it, watch it, knowing that Jill Scott is the reason that you're there. Yeah, just you go know? watch and something. Adam Brody's with, fun too. Go watch something with Jill Scott. Go watch the first season of Black Lightning. That's my, yeah, yeah. That's just my recommendation. Her do. Like love, that's that's our takeaway. Give Jill Scott some love. All right. <laughs> This has been the Bad Romance Podcast. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter. You know, listen to us on Spotify, yes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, all of the apps and things. You know, re- <laughs> rate us, subscribe, Please do love us, give us attention. Yes, fill this void. Uh, no yeah. pressure. <laughs> yes, yes. Please do all of those things. Um. And I guess, it, and this isn't really pertinent to the show, but I'm going to be in Toronto at the Toronto International Film Festival in September, which is this month. I'm going to be there and I'm going to be watching a lot of movies and writing about some of them. And um, that's that's what's going on in my life. Hell yeah. So everybody needs to be checking for oh, your yeah articles oh, and yeah. your feelings and your thoughts oh yeah you know you can check my twitter so i can give you those those hot hot takes yes yeah, steaming hot <laughs> takes fresh out of the <laughs> oven Ooh, ouch gonna burn my fingers <laughs> <laughs> well i i did that joke <laughs> <laughs> you did it was wonderful i am a dad <laughs> well you're the best dad <laughs> thank you so much daughter <laughs> So <laughs> I'm trained Searles. <laughs> I'm Bronwyn Isaac. Bye. Bye. Oh, yeah.